In a world where every Rob, Steve, and Lane has a podcast, two good brothers will try to rise above the rest. Howard Blues and the Mark Kidder invite you to pour a cold beverage, pull up a seat, and enjoy time with friends. Welcome to Beer Blues and BS. Hello and welcome to this edition of Beer, Blues, and BS. It's the podcast that blasts the cookie gnomes from the top rope with a chair that conveniently looks like a cookie sheet. Howard will be joining the Rumble soon. I'm the man, the myth, legend, Mark Kidder. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of Beer, Blues, and BS. I call it a special edition even though it is a normal edition of the show because tonight we pay tribute to our fallen friend cody schmidt who went by many names in the ndwf and uh, lcw lew elcw arena as uh we're going to be joined this evening by a bunch of cody's friends including uh, myself to talk about various things throughout the years talk about cody his uh light that he shined upon us and you know we're just gonna have a good time so thank you for joining us thank you for being part of this and we really appreciate you got to mention before we really get it going that you can visit us online at beerbluesbs.com beerbluesbs.com again beerbluesbs.com it is your link in cyberspace to everything beer blues and bs tonight is a little bit different and so thanks for spending some time on the triple b heck yes happy to are, be here are you able to <laughs> yeah he's he's got the fleas <laughs> are you able to flip your phone on its side Let's see if is it gonna blow there he is, is that better <laughs> am i am i sideways now Yes. <laughs> Perfect. I'm going to try to clean the uh, lens. I, I don't know. If it looks a little fuzzy. That didn't help. <laughs> it's okay. I know that you're calling from a 1992 Casio keyboard, so it's fine. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, obviously, this is your first time being on the show. I don't want to steal any of your thunder. Although Kid Thunder not joining us at the moment. What? Introduce introduce yourself to all of us on the big show, if you would. Uh, I am uh, on the big show. Uh, does that mean my wrestling name or my real name? <laughs> it's it's all all and everything. And all then and two two minutes later you can change uh you know from a heel turn to a face turn and just go back and forth because it is the big show and we know <laughs> that we know that he likes to change how he feels about everybody else as uh, often as the wind changes direction oh okay well i am uh i am justin schmidt i'm 34 years old i am uh also known as Ultimo Justin in the wonderful wrestling world. Um, for those who don't know what's Ultimo, 
Um, I kind of got it off of Ultimo Dragon. He was in WCW. And it just stuck. My, uh, my finishing move is the Ultimo Justin Cutter. And... <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't want to harness the power of the Ultimos. That's, that's your gig. Uh, I would definitely do that if I did, wasn't holding the phone. <laughs> uh, but uh, I've, uh, I've known Mark, and I've known uh, a lot of the guys, a lot of friends of Mark for a long time, and it has been quite a joy, a blast, and a lot <laughs> of great memories with them. <laughs> There's definitely some be. memories. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I'm I'm glad that you're here and it's only fitting for tonight's show that you Cody's Hogan as it were <laughs> the the first first person to join, the first person that we get to discuss this with tonight. So, uh again, from all of us here at Triple B, Howard's going to be joining here in a little while. But again, you know, yeah. our condolences to you and your dad and the, everyone else in the family, you know, with with Cody. Uh, because as I've said before, I'll say again, you know, Cody was a huge, bright, happy light in our lives. I'm, I'm sure, you know, you can say that about your life and many other things, you know, I'm not going to take that uh, out of your uh, brain there, but you know, for me personally, uh, all the, the good times that uh, we had over the years of uh, trying to uh, break each other in half and laugh while doing it. So um, the floor is yours. Ultimo uh, go ahead, share your thoughts, your wisdom, your expertise <laughs> my expertise because <laughs> he's the expert oh, you're the expert <laughs> oh, oh my you know where to begin where to start you know it how it all starts in somebody else's house <laughs> yeah that's for sure <laughs> uh it started out in uh my parents basement that's where it all began. Things that were played on my brother's, you know, the interest music was played on my brother's uh, Sony CD player, this little boom box, how it all began coming out to the, to our entrance themes. And, you know, the friendship started with uh, Derek McNally, AKA dinosaur. <laughs> dinosaur. <laughs> Oh gosh, what an Ultimo Gustin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, those oh, great times. And how it bloomed into uh, Mike Erickson, the dude, and yours truly, Mark Kidder, Tucson, Tuscan. And all just, of the above. All of the above. It just expanded from there. And just can't, you know, it all. Although me and my brother were friends with Derek, Cody just seemed to be uh, the center of that. My brother, he, uh, and apologize in advance, my brother could talk for hours and go on. And I'm the polar opposite where 
I have to find the words <laughs> where he could think of it at the top of his head. Uh, it was just, it was, it was a great, great energy to be around my brother. And any one of his friends can attest to that. Like, Cody comes into the room and everybody starts laughing. He could, he could just nail a part. He could be an actor and just nail it so well because he, he just did such a great job. Did it off, off top of his head. I don't know what that's called. Improv? Is it called? Improv? He he was just a jokester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was. He was. He was funny. Yeah. He was great. Uh, gosh darn it. So, how about uh, as and I don't want to disrupt your train of thought because if it's like mine, we know that it's short and it's probably running off the rails and backwards. But uh, what are some of your favorite moments that, like the rest of us, may not have seen with Cody? I mean, you spent a lot of time with him growing up, and and we get to see the hilarious dumb stuff that we all did together so i mean you get like the behind the scenes access what uh what are some things that that you remember i guess that are legally able to be shared on uh international <laughs> podcast television <laughs> <laughs> oh my dad uh he would always you know film a lot of things and one of the things he filmed, I have a good memory of, is uh, me and my brother uh, living in a trailer home, you know, very young. I'm just a baby with this goofy little hat on his head, and he's pushing me around in a shopping cart. <laughs> so not much changed for like 20 years. Not really. <laughs> he pushed me around in a shopping cart. Oh, gosh. Uh what else behind the scenes Cody um yeah this is PG there there was a <laughs> doesn't have to be PG we okay, swear on the show all the time <laughs> <laughs> there there was a moment he he had a lady friend over and apologies Sarah um <laughs> if you're listening in he he asked me how to put on a uh, a rubber. <laughs> he asked me how to put one on. Like what? You can't be serious. He was serious. Well, I don't think anything happened because the de describe. I there's no way I was going to do show and tell with that. <laughs> you didn't feel like going to find a, a cucumber upstairs and. <laughs> no, it was late at night. It was dark. Parents weren't home, and yeah, <laughs> Cody up to shenanigans. There was a uh, a time, probably oh, I don't know, maybe six years ago. He drove off, and I don't know why he had a tendency of doing this. He drove off in the middle of nowhere, and I'm not kidding. The middle of nowhere calls me up. It's dark outside, like eight o'clock at night. He says, Justin. I'm in the middle of nowhere. I am stuck. Can you pull me out? Well, <laughs> I'm working at uh, a place at the time where I have access to the work truck. 
I take the work truck because I don't have my own four-wheel drive, drive out 10 miles east of Bismarck to nowhere. I don't even know how I found him, how he got to where he did in the snow because it was wintertime and pulled his little two-wheel car out <laughs> of, a, of a stuck place. <laughs> well, that was that little hatchback, wasn't it? It was a Nissan Versa, and I think it was a hatchback. <laughs> you remember that little silver thing? I I don't I don't know how you could get around in that thing on regular clearing streets, let alone any snow out there. I mean, <laughs> he was a goofball, and why or how he got in that situation? He like, what are you doing out here? I'm here to look at the stars. What? <laughs> Well, why here? <laughs> but I got yeah. him out. I got him yeah. out of some situations, but he got me out of some too. Uh, am I cutting you off, Mark? Nope. You, you. This the floor is yours, or <laughs> the, the sky is yours. What? A, everything. <laughs> Just you keep on keeping on. <laughs> he got me out of a situation. Uh. We were in high school. He was two grades above me, so I was a sophomore. He was a senior. I think he was already done with school at the time, like for the day. It was around lunchtime, and we ate lunch together, but I didn't want to go back to class. So <laughs> I <laughs> had him call into the school, and he pretended to be my dad because needed parental uh, permission, you know, or whatnot and you know yeah this is jerry schmidt you know my son ain't feeling so good he ain't gonna make it back <laughs> she just talked in a deeper voice like, well, yeah i get out of school for the day rest of the day so he's helped me out just as much as i helped him out we were pretty close tell is is the truth with that story that your dad didn't know about it until the other day yeah he did not <laughs> <laughs> Up until a week ago, he didn't know about that. <laughs> I I seem to re recall uh, as we were all BSing after uh, everything, you know, lunch and and whatnot, the, of discussing all of that, and and then after you walked away, we were we were talking about how it was kind of funny because even you in that instance sounded just like Cody saying it. And we were like, this is super bizarre because <laughs> at the time, right, Cody was pretending to be your dad. And then now, you know, that's uh, what, 18? No. Yeah, eight, about 18 years probably after the fact. <laughs> and, oh and here we are. And it's like bizarre. Man, times have changed. Older. <laughs> yeah i mean they are they are interesting and and uh, i mean i i feel that in, in this time period of living on and and celebrating cody's memory i mean stuff like this i think is is really a great way to immortalize him and uh, you know all the stuff that he did with us for us um, helping us and and then of course all the stupid stuff that we did together too. I mean, just 
I guess having a recording of it. So then it's out there for the world, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> there is always the one thing that always crosses my mind and I'm sure it's gone through your guys's mind as well as when we were filming that psychotic pro wrestler. <laughs> yeah. I can just cannot get it out of my head that if anybody can picture this, the streets of Lincoln, North Dakota, especially particular Eccleston Road. Uh, there is a man, my brother, who's dressed all in black, wielding a knife. <laughs> and he's chasing me, and I am on the back of a scooter filming him chasing me. And I push a giant teddy bear off of this scooter so he can start stabbing it in the middle of the street in broad daylight. How we were not arrested is beyond me for the dumb stuff we've done. I mean, it's probably because we were a bunch of stupid kids, right? Uh, just like the other uh, instance with the, the psychotic pro wrestler of uh bismarck brawler and i throwing uh, uh that would have been mike into the back of the squad car and tearing off down the street and people were actually pulling over if you if you remember that i do <laughs> i was the cameraman <laughs> it, that's that's exactly how it goes so <laughs> it's just the the continued stupidity of all of it uh I do have, you know, so if you want to continue with other psychotic pro wrestler stories, uh, go for it. But I just had this pop into my head because I, your dad dropped by earlier. So I got to talk with him for a few minutes. Oh, you did? And laughed with him, you know, all that good stuff. And uh, I, I think for the second time in a week, thanked him and apologized for destroying uh, your guys' basement with uh, all of our wrestling from... Uh, the fan, which uh, we got to tell that story yet, uh, to the the holes in the wall from in, in, any of us. Uh, I th there, I thought there was there was one time where somebody ended up like putting their they got thrown like Irish whipped against the wall. They lost their balance and like fell through the sheetrock. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't remember if that was at your place or if it was at somebody else's place. I but, remember uh, there being a hole in the door. You sure it wasn't through the door? Might've, it might have been the door. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, it all kind of blends together after 20 years and, and multiple concussions and, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> head trauma. I think it's but. beautiful. <laughs> so the big question is, did that door ever get replaced or is the hole still there? <laughs> the door got replaced. <laughs> oh. Here. I thought we, we could turn it into like a, a historical <laughs> monument uh, in, you know, in, in your, your basement. It, it's like one of those historical sites where if you want to change anything or improve it, you have to submit a letter of what improvements you're going to make before you do it. <laughs> No, uh, 
since we're talking NDWF and uh, you being the one Ultimo Justin and hitting the cutter on many, many, many a person, what are some of your favorite NDWF, LCW, LEW, ELCW, etc. <laughs> memories? Oh, man. I think that uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably uh, me and uh, Ultimo Gustin, my friend, yet my rival. <laughs> we just we kept Ultimoing up. There was so much Ultimoing in it. <laughs> there was so much ease going on. We just kept getting. <laughs> <laughs> I remember all of that. I I remember the everything is and just like an e off. <laughs> it just kept going up and up, and I think there was a. Didn't I turn? I was always a fan of Pepsi because it went Pepsi, and then I switched to 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 Coke to be evil. I turned heel. <laughs> I switched the coat. Oh no! I dropped say, my <laughs> I was just—I was just gonna say. I think that was the evil Ultimo, and yes, you—you you finished that. Uh, he went—he <clears throat> went to the light side and and drank the good stuff, the the Coca Cola. <laughs> uh, and if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you were in the inaugural Pepsi on a pole match. Yes, I was. I love the Pepsi. <laughs> nowadays, I don't drink Pep. I don't even drink much pop at all nowadays. It just... I mean that—that's all right. You know, you—you you drink what you can, and if you have, do you, do you have a beverage? Do you want to have a beverage? Uh, I know you're kind of mobile, so you can go grab a beverage if you want. I'd say you could have one of my beverages, but it's all the way over here, and you're all the way over there. So I get it. Well, in here I have a mix of rum and cola perfect you can you can say the the cola's name they're not paying us to uh sponsor either way and i'm sure they're not going to sue us if we say their name either <laughs> it's uh zevia and i'm drinking uh palm isle uh rum from the local cash wise mm. it's cheap it's effective and it does its, it's job effective <laughs> That's great. It's effective. <clears throat> That's one way. That's the way I roll. <laughs> it's a tough economy these days, you know. You gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. It's true. Um, of course, I know this is your first time being on the show, and so uh, uh, again, thank you for joining yeah. the Triple B to talk about uh, all of the shenanigans here. Uh, <clears throat> With the Triple B fridge, I do have quite a variety of things. And I think what we need to do, first of all, i got to get out my highball glass. And, of course, you can clearly see what's on the glass. is a property of Deep Space Nine, what it nice. says on there, you know, because Star Trek, right? Next thing, what, uh, what we need to do is have a shot of Metallica's blackened whiskey in... Uh, uh, memory and as a toast to Cody. How about that? Hey, he'd love it. He'd be all for it. Are are you a big whiskey drinker? Eh. 
I've had Jack and Coke here and there. I can't. I mean, I can do it straight. <laughs> it's fine. I've had Red Eye and I've had Everclear straight before, which I would not recommend because that stuff tastes like gasoline. <laughs> I heard he was pretty big in NDWF too. Gasoline. Gasoline. I can't remember. I can't remember who played Gasoline, but uh, it that was, was Cody. It, it was. That's it, right. <laughs> it was. So there we go. We 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 figured it out. So first of all, uh, raise your glass, your cup, uh, whatever, and uh, this to Cody. To Cody. Some delicious, delicious. Mm, now, good. Here's the funny thing. We just got a knock at the door, the digital door, as it were. We're loading the gigabits. We're reticulating the splines. We're getting things rolling because the funny guy is finally here. With the funny guy. He's got to say something. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Can everyone hear me? What? 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 You can hear you. Good. <laughs> Good. I feel like I have to yell. I got the free version. You should yell because you're all the way across town. Ha ha. I feel like I have to put it right here so then you can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. And this is why I'm glad that the funny guy is finally on the triple beast. Around. Nothing's ever gonna get me down. down. There. Here's to the round. So the Ultimo and I just did a toast to gasoline which uh, as we brought him up we were i was like who played gasoline anyway and we we're like of course that was cody <laughs> gasoline gasoline cody beep beep. <laughs> beep 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 that's what he do it's great he's like two inches from the screen <laughs> just just hey <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I love this i, I hate the this. glare in my eyes so i have to do this a lot it's well, all shouldn't have, shouldn't have been eating so many donuts there mickle donuts no that that's your not eyes wouldn't be glazed <laughs> what i should have done is bought myself a microphone what? That would have worked better. <laughs> I mean, it always works funnier and better, but... Works. I'm really glad that it flipped to you right away, so then... Because... <laughs> Here's the inside, inside joke about uh, this whole setup. Is that when you see the little blue ring around the box, that's what's actually getting recorded. Oh! <laughs> So when it's not on you and you make a, a funny guy face, it doesn't make the cut. So that's, that's why when fine. he just sits there going. 
<laughs> That's fine. Oh, I or if you're if you're funny about it, and then you just sit there and don't say anything, and make the other person just sit there going. We that we do that too. Yeah. So all right. Does this show have a plot or a point or anything like that? Uh, no. Or does it clearly. just go on and on and on and on and on and on? It's kind of like Lamb Chop's Play Along with the song that never ends. Oh, gosh, I remember that. It goes <laughs> on and on, my friends. Some people started singing it, not knowing what it was, but they'll continue singing it forever just because it is a song that never ends. Do you know that it goes on and on, my friends? You know, some people started singing it, not knowing what it was. And Okay. So now that I got the two of you on here, <clears throat> let's start with the Ultimo. Your favorite uh, memories with Mickle and you, Cody, anybody else, whatever. Just what uh, Mike doesn't remember anything, I know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think it definitely goes back to the filming of the psychotic pro wrestler. Gosh, what the heck? We were we were at a gas station. We were filming a, I don't know, a murder scene at a gas station. What the hell? I remember that. <laughs> I'd hope you remember that because I think you're the one who wrote it, directed it, and edited it. <laughs> it was there, uh, Roy. It was a Mike and Cody Nolan film. Yeah, it was. It was mostly me, Cody, and Justin that did that movie. And that, and Justin, you're thinking of the sequel that we really didn't get completed. I mean, we have a copy out there that exists, but it's like an hour and a half long, and a lot of it's filler. But the first one. Um, I don't think the first one had Justin in it, which was lame. But in the second one, Ultimo Justin was the hero to beat George up and kill him. Um, <laughs> See, now that you're and and that, I, I always wanted Cody to go back and and re-edit it, but of course he didn't get around to it um, at this point. But <clears throat> there there was a copy that exists that's more trimmed down, doesn't include all the Heiser stuff, and it's trimmed down, and it's a little bit more sleek, and it's a better version out there of just Justin and George, um, it, or Justin and Cody, and their sibling rivalry on the screen. Uh, I totally forgot that, that I was an executive producer on the first one because we did a lot of the editing at at the old control room where I worked at the time <laughs> with, the, with the cheesy graphics and everything about high definition could not be paid for. So it was skipped. <laughs> film labs were non-existent during the filming of this movie. Promotional consideration was provided by the Tuscan Inn, where stunners and intercontinental breakfast are always free. <laughs> That's right. Son. Or have they adjusted for inflation? and now they'd have to be because you know the the carpet and you got to take the shoes off because the liability doesn't cover that what's hilarious about it is that it said that we'll be back and i mean we weren't really back in that that sense of making a feature length film <laughs> but we were we were certainly back in making a few other things uh like 
Snow Brawl 2014. Have, have you both of you been able to see that yet? Parts of it. <clears throat> uh, unfortunately, no, I have not. But I'm okay. sure you can understand why. I, <laughs> I, I certainly, I certainly <laughs> do. Uh, I want to share something with you, though, because it was obviously funny. And uh, Mickle already knows, uh, I believe. D- don't you, Mickle? Yes, because I knows everything. So I knows what you're going to show him. <laughs> All right. So again, I don't think uh, this will have uh, the audio. You won't be able to hear it. So you're going to have to watch the show itself. Okay. Got to let it. The internet do its thing and the thing and you're doing this and that. And okay, you guys see the white screen, right? Are we on dial-up? Are you on the phone? F-O-W-N, of (laughs) course, yes. Are you on the phone? Can you read what it says? Uh, Let me blow it up here. Oh, yeah. All right, so there... There's the Snowball 2014. I updated it, as you can see, with the new, more likable NDWF logo because apparently nobody else liked the old NDWF logo and they waited 15 years to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) So how about how about this? Can can you uh, can you see this? The premier sponsor of Snowball 2014. Schmitz. Schmitz. (laughs) it's schmidt schmitters do you do you see what's in the background they're always on the run (laughs) yes oh that's perfect (laughs) in fact as as a a better a better look at it i uh i happen to have a little bit better view for you so you can see the logo itself there well i mean in the final cut it'll actually be like full screen but yes schmidt schmitters has brought us snowball 2014 and russell fest double x the premier sponsor (laughs) i left that in as as like an easter egg for everybody but you know what this is it's time need to share it with everybody that's right it's time oh yeah it's time it's tko time (laughs) (laughs) oh so well uh before ultimo falls asleep and before uh, Mickle falls asleep as well, <laughs> yeah, and and his his Ultimo Dragon mask is that is that what it is? Is that who you transform into, Ultimo Dragon? <laughs> so I got this mask. I got this mask from my uh, friend Kurt Shafee, who got it when he was over in Mexico visiting, and he picked one up for me, and. 
I've only been able to work for like a couple pictures really. And I haven't done a whole lot with it. Um, but I keep it on hand for moments like this when I can wear it. <laughs> and it might've came in handy for maybe our movie. I don't know, but I think the black mask in the movie looks better than this. <laughs> but this looks more like just, you know, a luchador mask. Um, but it's still kind of funny. I don't think I'd ever wear it in wrestling. It gets really hot in here, but it works as a hat. If I put it like this, I should wear it to work. <laughs> It's all with your normal. That day. Who do you think I am? With your normal ball cap on top of it, so then it's like that'd be great. Yep, there. <laughs> It'd be it's fitting. All, it's almost like the return of NDWF. God bless him. They mean well. <laughs> He's got to say something. He can't actually talk through the something. Mask. Something. Something. I'm going to say something so that you can see the silliness that Mark was saying. <laughs> He's funny, you guys. So now that you got to refill their Ultimo, any other memories uh, get jogged and uh, shaken free in the memory banks there that you want to share with us here on the, on the big show? You know, there's so many. But, again, this goes back to Cody. He could think of something on the fly, but Justin has to think about it. But I will definitely leave with this, is that, you know, having Cody as a brother was by far the uh, the greatest gift I uh I was ever given in life. Um, just like I'm sure uh, you, funny guy Mike, with him, you know, I still remember being uh, in that room holding his hand, your brother's hand, while he was on life support. And I remember it also so clearly you wanted me you to drive you know you're riding in the vehicle with me and you want me to drive faster i mean your brother's life was on the line i mean i i love you all i don't have words other than i i love you all and uh, i'm glad you are all my friends and i enjoy the memories i have with you all and for everybody that has joined us here tonight uh, Cody will love to be here and I can't thank you enough thank well, we you. love you too Justin you know we we absolutely do because with Jim leaving us and, and or being taken from us Cody being taken from us your mom being taken from us Justin uh, I mean if there's the, the sadness that we have and the questions and, and the whole that, that we have to carry with us. But ultimately they're in such a better place than we'll ever know until we get there ourselves. And so I am as much as I miss Cody and Jim and, 
Marsha, I mean, the, the other people that we've lost along the way, I'm happy to know that we'll be reunited with them. It's just going to take a little bit longer than driving out to see them or running into them randomly at the gas station. <laughs> so, um, I, I know I've, I've told you in person and, and I, I've told Mickle this as well, but I mean, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm here for both of you guys. Um, we're, we're all here for each other and just support each other as best that we can. Uh, um, I, I can't imagine or emulate what either of you have gone through. But the pain that I see, I know that it hurts. And what I want you guys to know, and Mike, I think that you know, have known this for a long time, you, <clears throat> that you guys mean the world to me. So um, all I want to do is be here, support you guys, be part of the family. And be funny as I can because, I mean, I know that that Cody would want us to be funny because it's always the funny. And, it's and funny. And Jim, I think all he wanted me to do is, you know, have a beer with him and then stunner everybody. So, my <clears throat> God. <laughs> so we did a toast to Cody, and uh, hopefully Howard will be joining uh, pretty quick here and then we can we could toast to jim as well and, and toast to everybody else who once was then now forever <laughs> uh gentlemen i need to take off and go to bed i have to uh ensure that people get their mail tomorrow but good i will do a Free toast to Jim. I got my I got my toasting cup up too. Kink. Kink. <laughs> my friends, Mark. I think I got it right. Beer, blues, and BS. Thank you for having me on the show. It was a joy, and it was much broad smile to my face, and I can go to bed happy. <laughs> awesome. We'll do it again soon, so you better keep your inbox open. And now I got your phone number so I can get a hold of you anytime. <laughs> are you on the phone, or are you on the internet? This is a little bit of both, because now it uses both. I love it. All right, guys. You have a safe day tomorrow, Ultimo. And we'll see you again soon. All right. Goodbye, my friends. Love you all. Peace. 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 (laughs) Yes. And then there were two. At the moment, it's the funny guy and the other not-so-funny guy. You decide. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. 
Fun so, uh, how's it going? It's uh, going pretty good. So, since it's uh, memory lane and we're talking about all all the memories and the Gavin. Yeah. What are some of your memories? Well, <laughs> well, um, I don't know. I I have a lot of memories and things going through and in my brain, even though it's not a huge brain. No, I remember uh, that Mark over there can make me laugh so hard that I cry and brings tears to my eyes. And that fact made my brother Jim want to hang out with Mark. So they hung out a couple times and they were laughing and flying around in my brother's car for a while, thinking everything was funny. Um, but I just sure remember was. I just remember that being really funny. And I also remember things with uh, Cody and Jim were always funny um, in different ways. But I remember... Um, yeah, it's crazy to think to me that Cody and Jim are both gone because I got memories of both of them together. Um, and I'd always talk to Cody about things about where Jim went and how we'll see him soon. And then I was talking to him about how he misses his mom and he'd see his mom soon. And now he's with his mom, um, which is good for him. But anyway, um, yeah, if Cody was here, he'd be jabbering jolly different memories. But I can't have a specific memory come in my head right now all i have is just a barrage of like um different things i don't know i remember i will share what i remember cody said was his favorite wrestling match with my brother jim was actually when jim wrestled ultimo justin he said that <laughs> jim just beat the tar out of ultimo justin and picked him up and power bombed him and an ultimo justin was about done after that and he easily pinned him and it was like a squash match and that's when a person just gets destroyed and um, Cody thought that was just the best match ever with my brother and, and Justin because Justin just destroyed him. <laughs> or uh, no, he just destroyed Justin. Not and Ultimo Justin for that match didn't amount any offense at all. Even though Ultimo Justin was a good tough wrestler in that match against my brother, he didn't amount any offense. And and Cody always thought that was so funny. Yeah, was that yeah. Josh's place. Yes. It was in Josh's place. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> How about... Uh, because I, I'm i trying to stall a little bit to keep you entertained, but also because since you're actually on the show and it's been talked talked about many times, uh, the the lilac bush and so we got to tease that a little bit longer so then howard can be here and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh <clears throat> so while we're waiting for that to happen as we go back to when you and i met how how did these two coexist how did that how did these two coexist well, when it first started out, um, Mark and I actually didn't really like each other <laughs> when, when we first met, if we're honest. Um, Looking dummy. Exactly. Exactly. When we first met, uh, we didn't like each other that much, but I, I was in choir and so was he. 
and then we were both in swing choir and he's really the only other guy my age in swing choir <laughs> so we were kind of forced to uh, join uh, forces there not necessarily as friends but at least we had to join forces and then after a while we just became friends and and i got to know mark's world and he got to know my world and and funny things that that we got to know through each other and mark joined our wrestling group which was funny in itself because mark wasn't a really good wrestler and we'd always make fun of moccas twos and the spaghetti arms and this and that well after a while um we birthed a new character for mark called tuscan and tuscan was like such a jacked up version of mark it made it work we made it work and that when when tuscan was out there you could believe that he could be champion because he's such a like if you know stone cold this guy was like stone cold electrified um tuscan to his junior would go out there and stunner this guy stunner that guy stunner the ref just because he could and throw the ref out of the ring and blast everyone and fly out of the ring um and as long as i was a writer for for lcw lew ndf elcw whatever you call it um, I would make sure that Tuscan Tuz Jr. never lost. <laughs> I'd always book him to win. <laughs> and then Derek, who was also the other co-writer, he said, well, if he's always going to win, then I'm not going to have him in the championship. I said, well, fine, but I'm always going to have him win. He's never going to lose as long as I have anything to say about it. <laughs> and, to some and, degree, I, I didn't even know about that until like a lot later. So I think that's funny by itself. <laughs> So so anyway, we we birthed this Tuscan character because as Mark started wrestling with us, he got introduced to wrestling. He started watching wrestling, and then he discovered his favorite character was Stone Cold. So we kind of based Tuscan off Stone Cold, and then some other funny things happened in in mine and Mark's life, um, including the lilac bush, and that's where we got Tuscan to his junior from. Um, was that incident? And many other incidences like that. We we made a jacked up version of Tuscan. Where he's just mad at everything all the time, no matter what. Take this computer and shove it. I hate this thing. I hate dial. Well, back in our day, it was back in our day, it was dial up. I hate this dial up computer. I always have. Throw the damn thing in the garbage. I hate this lawnmower. I always have. I always said it was a piece of junk and nobody listened to me. Look at this piece of crap. Should have bought away. a new one. I told you buy a new one. What happens? You buy a huge piece of trash and you get the piece of trash. You just keep trash it out of here and it's going to break down and then you got to pay for this. You pay for that. And you pay for this and you still haven't fixed it. And then look at that. It breaks over here and then that breaks over there. And then this breaks about the And then by the time you get the whole thing fixed, brand new machine anyway, and you pay double the cost of buying a new one in the first place. It's about to buy. <laughs> Something like that. Exactly. Something like that. And that through that experiences like that and just silliness, we, we made Tuscan to his junior and he became a very likable character, even though he's more of an anti-hero, but he was a very likable character and <clears throat> made everybody laugh and laugh and laugh. He's only out for himself. Yeah. I got the idea for even Tuscan's voices dialect. I got from uh, the book Mark uh, that Mark Twain wrote called um, Huckleberry Finn, and Huckleberry Finn's dad talks in such a way where he goes to government. Government don't know nothing. Government take away kids and government, 
And and just the idea that, of the way Huckleberry Finn's dad spoke in that book, that's how I came up with an idea for how Tuscan II Jr. would speak this kind of broken Southern drawl. And just, but we of course made it more goofy than Mark Twain would probably like us to have have it made. Um, but yeah, that's where I kind of came up with the voice that that voice there for Tuscan II just the government there, and they don't know what they're doing because they're just all a bunch of dummies over there, and they don't know what they're doing over there in the in the government, and they mess everything up all the time, and and the weatherman he don't know what he's doing, he always tells a bunch of lies, he don't know nothing either. The, in the car dealership, there are a bunch of morons over there, and they always sell you junk, and they know it's junk, but they got to sell tea anyway. Sell, 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 son. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, that kind of explained the that Tuscan II Junior character, Mark's alter ego, and where that kind of came from. And like I said, the lilac bush story kind of leads into that and has to do with that as well. Um, but yes, <laughs> that that's it. Yeah, uh, that's that's about it. I, I'm just uh, well. I'm laughing for multiple reasons, obviously. But uh, <clears throat> I should have, in preparation, brought up the ELCW LEW disputed championship from the debut in Snowbrawl 2014. I should have brought that up here, but of course. You had a big part to play in that. The LEW disputed championship. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as you remember, I had the uh, the world light heavyweight championship forever, which is still hanging on well, my wall, by the way. And so, uh, well, and we I wish said I, we said that was the LEW disputed championship belt, and and Tuscan Two Junior was the champion and still is the champion and he was champion all the time and he never lost that belt but NDF belt he wouldn't he couldn't go get um but then mark got an elcw belt and then he became elcw champion and blah blah blah, 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 blah. uh but but lew championship even though the lew didn't exist anymore it'd be like being the wcw champion right now it doesn't exist <laughs> And so I'm the the longest reigning sports champion in all of sports in any arena or game. Game. Because I'm still the champion. Now, Howard would retort to that because Howard likes to be funny like that and says that uh, you're not really a champion if you never defend the belt. And I'm like, well, you see, let's go have a match. And he goes, no, Howard, the ref's retired. And I'm like, well, you just got to count one, two, three. Howard, the ref's retired. Well, that's part of the problem then, isn't it? So I don't know. If he he doesn't compete in the match, then he forfeits the match and you're still a champion. That's what I said. He's like, there's no official there to even count it. And I'm like, well, this is rigged from the get-go. <laughs> it's rigged. It's the the South Bismarck screw job. <laughs> Man, that's dumb. It's the well, it could be the North Bismarck screw job, but he didn't live that far north at the time. So, like the Montreal screw job. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know. Yes, yes, I kind of gather that's what you meant there, son. I also have to throw it out there that uh, I'm sad that the McNally clan was uh, unavailable to join the show this evening because they had some other tasks that needed to uh, do and that are uh, definitely important and need to be taken taken care of tonight. So um, uh, the thoughts uh, go out to their family and uh, friends and extended family as well for the recent loss of Aunt Nella on their end of things. Because... Uh, she was a very nice person as well. And uh, the, the good times that uh, were had and the stories that were told at her funeral this past week were, again, just more memories to keep her memory alive. And uh, one of the big things was why uh, she added me as a friend on Facebook back in the day, because I uh, being the weather nerd that I am, as you can see in the background here, <coughs> she always watched the weather and paid attention to the weather. And I guess was very afraid of the storms or any potential for a storm. So I share a bunch of updates on Facebook about uh, incoming storms or the potential for storms. And so she heard that I did that all the time and it added me as a friend. So then she could get the latest information because, you know, gotta be an expert like that. <laughs> yeah. And in a very odd, uh, weird circumstance, their aunt passed away um and they're having the funeral coming up and then cody passed away so they're in town for both the funerals uh one saturday and the other being on tuesday very odd uh, circumstances um surrounding all of that it's just very odd but uh the mcnellies are definitely have stories that they share with us and uh, you know they're um different stories that are impact our lives and impact their lives where our lives intersect and we have great memories of them and we wouldn't be the people we are without them. And um, I mean, there's going to be other things we can do together in the future, but right now they're going to head home tomorrow. And so we won't see them for a while, but that's the way, that's the way life is as you grow up as an adult, um, you don't always see your friends or your family that often. Um, I mean, you'd see your close family, but other family, like a lot of relatives, aunts and uncles, you don't see that often um, as as you uh, grow, um, as you grow up. Um, but yeah, they're going to be missed until we can see them again um, some point. Hopefully we can. The ideal, I think, would be I don't think this is possible. This is not reality. It's in dreamland, like just dreaming. The ultimate dream would be if we could all have one more wrestling show as a memory to Cody and bring out Ultimo Justin, bring out Dan Weigel, bring out Goldberg, Joshberg, and bring out the, all the McNallys and, and Sean Koch and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and and have my boys be in there and Caden be in there and and you know that that would be the ultimate but I don't 
like I said, I don't think that's possible. I think I'm living in la la land um, as far as that goes. But uh, the other side is, though, I do think it's possible for all of us to meet up uh, maybe in I, I mean, in person, at least once a year, I think in the summertime, um, maybe traveling's a little bit easier up here in the north where we got blitters and stuff all the way through April. But not, not like summer's not letting any less busy. I'm just as busy summer as the other times of the year. But that just seems to be when more people can meet up and do things. Isn't summer, summertime. So that's that's that um, in a nutshell. And interestingly, their aunt, their aunt Nell grew up next to my in-laws and they were neighbors. And so my wife knew them very well. And so my wife grew up in the Elgin area, New Leipzig Elgin. And that's where the McNellys grew up and know that area really well, too. And I never knew that connection until my wife and I were dating and were getting engaged. And then I found out that they actually know my wife, which was funny. So now I can share stories of Elgin with the McNellys. And it's kind of like... I'm sort of a distant cousin almost with them now <laughs> since I got married. So that's kind of a cool link I have with them now. Um, <clears throat> but I know that how I met Cody was through Derek. And so at one point I turned to Derek and I said, you know, Derek, this is all your fault. Because the only reason I got to know Cody was because of you. And, and we went to a movie for Derek's birthday party one year and I didn't know Cody. And that's how I got introduced to Cody and Cody was calling himself Deco as he was sitting in, in the McNally van. He said, hi, I'm Deco. Oh, Cody? Yes. I said, oh, hi, Cody. And his favorite wrestler, because he was Stone Cold Steve Cody, and his favorite wrestler was Stone Cold, of course. And he also liked The Rock. So Cody the Great was born from, from uh, The Rock, and Stone Cold Steve Cody was born, of course, from Stone Cold. <clears throat> but that's um, – but, yeah, that's uh, – some of the background of the McNellys and of course the two twins I got to know through Derek who started wrestling with us in their later years because they were part of LCW in some ways too but not a big way until later years um and yeah first Derek was wrestling with us and Cody and Mark joined us and it was like a spiral out of control we just started collecting everyone we could along the way so of course everything all good things have to come to an end sometime uh, but one thing Cody always said to me is he'd always, he wished we could wrestled one more time, of course, and wrestled more. And that's why it would be a cool memorial for him. And he always wished that we could have finished some of those storylines that we started uh, for Snowball 2014, but we never got to finish. And it's too bad, but sometimes things just end and you don't get closure on them, unfortunately. Uh I believe in heaven, we'll get closure on things, but right now we don't have that opportunity. Well, when we get anyway, there, we'll that's to be pro wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, pro wrestling, pro wrestlers. We'll be able to do those chair spots with actual chairs and not hurt each other. And uh, we won't have to use the cookie sheets because the cookie gnomes won't be in heaven. So. Because they go straight to hell. <laughs> yeah, there they go. There they go. I think the, the other piece with with Cody is that he had to be a Stone Cold fan because of his birthday being 316. So he was born to be a Stone Cold fan even before Stone Cold existed. 
if you so i don't know i don't know if you notice or not but my internet connection is going in and out and being really cool i don't know if you notice that or not if you play with it enough but it but it's on my end it's lagging and you're breaking up and then it's like and then i see you say something and then i hear it um, but I don't know on your end if I seem normal or not, but sometimes well, you're never normal. Flaky. <laughs> no one ever accused me of being normal. That'd be a first. Excuse, excuse me. You get the, just got the chin. Tune it up. You know, since you're talking, you're talking about the chin. Edge uh, apparently is coming back with his original gimmick after he was booted out of the group that he created. And I know you have no idea what I'm talking about with uh, the old WWE because you haven't actually seen a wrestling like a WWE show in how many years? You're up to like two now? 500 and 503. No, <laughs> I still pay attention a little bit. I did see that Edge got booted out. Uh, Cody would always keep me updated with all the stuff going on. I did see that he formed the group and then they booted him out. And then <laughs> yeah, and he's supposed to be coming back though. My guess is he got booted out because he probably had some injury going on in real life that made him have to go out. Allegedly, the creative team, i.e. Vince McMahon, wanted that group to be doing supernatural uh not quite vampire like things but things from the beyond and like use witchcraft or magic or something and then edge is like no that's stupid i'm not gonna do that and uh, they're like well you can either do it or you're gonna get kicked out and he's like i'm not gonna be part of it and so they kicked him out of the group <clears throat> allegedly <laughs> well, and then it would be interesting that he's coming back and Vince McMahon officially stepped down from CEO and everything. Um, I don't want to open up a can of worms here, but there's allegations, everything else going on with Vince McMahon. And, and the latest news is he just retired himself from chairman of the board and as CEO and all that. So it's interesting to know that as he steps down, that Edge decides he's coming back. Um, so the next few months could be very interesting for to see what happens with WWE um, with new people in charge. You know, there's going to be a change, but you just don't know what that is until a few months down the road. And then you decide if it's good or bad. I say whoever's in charge, give them a good fair shot, give them a few months. And then if it stinks, it stinks. <laughs> yeah, the the whole piece with. Mc Vince McMahon stepping down, finally retiring is now apparently he is done actually working with the company, essentially. <clears throat> so I don't know what that means for creative control, but John Lorditis is also gone completely from the company. And uh, Stephanie McMahon's the CEO, and Triple H has resumed his duties as the executive vice president of, of, uh, operations or talent relations or whatever his actual title is but if you actually watch this show you know we've been we've been tracking that controversy for years and by years i mean you know a good month so <laughs> there's 
there's that. But uh, Howard's always uh, interested in the controversial stuff like that. Bring a little bit more light and interest and information into all of it. And so what's going to happen? Well, we'll just have to stay tuned after this. No, we don't take breaks in this show. Oh, no breaks. No fixes mm-hmm. either. And no breaks. That is, that's correct, Bill. How about the Bill and Bob story? How did that come about? Bill and Bob. Well, Bill and Bob are the most generic names we could think of. And we got tired of having different names for commentators because we'd all take turns commentating and none of us could remember anybody's name. And so to make it easy, we are all named Bill and Bob. And sometimes we'd say, hey, Bob, that's right, Bob. That's right, Bill. That's right, Bill. And we'd mix up the names all the time. Uh, but Derek and I were the official Bill and Bob people who came up with Bill and Bob. So sometimes if there were two people commentating that were Bill and Bob, then Mark would start commentating and he became Roy. And we'd say, shut up, Roy. <laughs> you know what you're talking about. You're dumb. Shut up, Roy. <laughs> okay, Bill. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> it's super cool. Super crazy. Not quite. Just funny. That's all it was. A lot a lot of funny stuff. <clears throat> How about uh, the tale of two different times when you almost paralyzed me? <laughs> two, two, <laughs> I only remember the one time, and I showed it in a video clip that said, don't try this at home, and I put that on YouTube. But I, I always did the finishing move, Tombstone Piledriver, when we first started out, which is a brilliant move to do when you don't know much about how to do wrestling moves, by the way, which I would recommend you don't try that at home. Uh, but, of course, I did it to Mark, and in the footage, you can see Mark's neck just bend and around and everything else, where his head clearly hits the ground, and there was no pad. It was like my cement floor. And I don't know how Mark didn't get his neck broke. I don't know how Mark didn't die um, from that. Like, he should have been dead or had his neck broke and been paralyzed, but I guess, thank God, angels were there to save Mark that time or something, because if you look at the footage, there's, like, no way he should have been walked away from that. Um, but that was the only time I remember tipping you upside down and not having enough strength to actually hold you up enough. So your head didn't hit, um, because I was just a junior high, high school kid. Didn't really know what he was doing, but just thought he'd do it anyway, which is always a brilliant idea. If you don't know what you're doing, just do it anyway. You'll show them. I seem, I seem to Cena to remember that, that, uh, my tearaway pants that were also very slippery and flying around were part of the problem that added to the spaghetti but when you flipped me upside down and I started sliding down and then of course dropped down and my neck went sideways and it was super cool the the first time was in your basement oddly enough I do remember that and then the second time was in Josh's apartment and I think it might have even been one of the times Jim was wrestling with us. And uh, Chris, I think he was wrestling with us that time as well. And <laughs> same tombstone. <laughs> Whoops. That one wasn't as bad, but, you know, still super cool. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it was here. much long. 
I don't think it's much long after that that I didn't do the tombstone unless I had enough strength to hold the person way up in the air and not be able to destroy them. And from then on, I, I changed my finishing move to be something my brother showed me, a submission hold where I would basically put the person in a tight sleeper or lock around their jaw real tight. And then I'd, and then I'd wrap, wrap my legs around their their torso and pulled down. It's almost like the Tasmission would be the closest thing to call it, but I'd, I'd yank down and it would start, I'd jump on their back and then they would fall to the ground. And then you could pull on them till they either tapped out or uh, sometimes we did the arm fall three times to see if they're out. But that was a couple, that was what I switched my finishing move to when I got away from the tombstone and realized I wasn't strong enough. Because I didn't think the choke slam was a good finishing move, even though in wrestling sometimes they use that as a finishing move, and I don't think it's a good finishing move. It's a better setup, I believe, than an actual finishing move. Um, so yeah, I switched. Luckily for everyone involved, I switched my uh, finisher to something else, <laughs> as I also switched my character twenty thousand times. Yes, so. Who is your first character? Let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning, Mike. So, so what I did is I wrestled as three different, or more than that, but I had one guy who had a few different characters in one. Kind of like if you think of Mick Foley, he was Cactus Jack, he was Dude Love, he was Mankind, all the same guy. I was like that um, with Machine. Guy. Guy. Wicked Clown, which lasted the least. Dr. Madrox also didn't last too long. And then the dude, the dude lasted the longest. That was the final character. And that I stayed the longest machine. I started out as machine was kind of like an undertaker ripoff. Wicked clown was like when everything had to be insane clown posse. And then Dr. Madrox was, I'm going to be like a serial killer. And then the dude was when, um, I finally matured and realized I didn't need any of that stuff. And I just became me basically, um, with sometimes I'd wear bandanas, I might do a little bit of face paint and some of the things, but the dude was basically a born again Christian. And so he didn't want the masks and the evil and all that stuff. So I wrestled in the light and I did a few different kind of ways. I did my promos it was funnier and I did more submission holds and my wrestling style changed a little bit. My getup changed a little bit to be more like blues or whites that I wore instead of black. Um, and so that the dude was one of my, was the last character that I played and yeah, he, I feel like he was fairly popular and I feel like I kind of got a hold in the character and things went really well. And then of course, not long after that, that then we just quit. (laughs) Yeah. We almost retired. We almost retired about a hundred times and you get tired of saying, well, this is the last show. Well, this is the last show because we never knew. And then the show where we thought we would have another show that happened to be our last show. <laughs> That's how it goes. Here's the funny thing about it. Funny is uh, in case uh, you didn't notice on the snow brawl show, I have Bill and Bob telling us that it's the last show and, and uh, Bill reveals himself. <clears throat> There's that. So, Every video that I'm putting together of uh, the wrestling shows, I'm going to put that clip in there. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's our very last show until the next one. 
because none of us actually know when we're done. That that's the truth. That's the most truth I've ever heard. And the funny thing about it is now that we have extra, you know, yards and whatnot, uh, we we have multiple venues we could rent out to make the NDWF arena and the NDWF fans happy. (laughs) Yeah, all all of our fans. All two of them. Unfortunately there, uh, Mick, I don't have any any of those fans around at the moment, but... uh, the the tens and tens are waiting with bated breath. <laughs> so uh, what other funny stories can you tell? Maybe that uh, we don't uh, cano. <laughs> My dog. Howard the ref lives. <laughs> am I joining? I might be a little late, like I am for anything that's NDWF, but I'm here. So <laughs> that's okay. Usually, when we're late, we, uh, I mean, we just are always late for NDWF and we take forever to do an NDWF. So you fit right in there, Howard. Yeah. You know, that's how it goes. How it goes. <laughs> What I'm sad that uh, didn't get to tell when Ultimo Justin was here because he was talking about some of the funny things that, you know, maybe people didn't see or we didn't uh, get to know because it was like him and Cody or all of them as a family doing something. And uh, he was talking about how Cody used to drive out into the middle of nowhere, kind of get lost or whatnot, just to go watch the stars or drive around. And one late night, I mean, late enough where it was dark in the middle of winter, 8 o'clock, so it seems like 2 a.m. Cody calls Justin, hey, can you come pull me out? And he's out in the middle of nowhere. Justin end up uh, getting a work truck, finding him, pulling him out. But he was like 15, 10, 15 miles outside of town in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and he took his little two-door or a uh, yeah, I think it was a two-door car with front-wheel drive and ended up getting it stuck in the snow somewhere. So when he told that, it reminded me of when the funny guy and I and the McNallys were driving out to the ELCW arena in the, in the Taurus. And if you happen to remember that one day where the ice storm rolled through and we're cruising out back behind the airport on the road out to the ELCW arena, 45 miles an hour. Oh, well now we're going this way and correct. And now we're going this way down the middle of the road and straightened out. Oh, we're straight traction enough just to go straight into the ditch and of course right here there's a flat part right here there's a flat part right here there's a big old ditch where do we go straight into the ditch and what did mike have to say well here we go and then i said good Good job. Good job. You did it again, Tuscan. 
and then Ultimo Justin to the rescue. Ultimo Justin came over with the the Jeep or something like that and pulled us out. We were <laughs> we were laughing about that actually on uh, last Saturday after all the food and uh, camarad- camaraderie there. <clears throat> that uh, funny thing is that that uh, Jeep that used to pull us out was later used to ran- run down Dinosaur in the LCW arena. <laughs> And nobody knew who ran down Dinosaur. <laughs> nobody, nobody could clearly see him anyway. Wonder who it was. It, it wasn't Tuscan Two Senior at all. It wasn't. Oh, I, I saw a mustache. Is he back? <laughs> Oh, senior! I did welcome to the show. I didn't know you had the link to get on here. I thought this was a closed show. <laughs> thought you had to be admitted. Howard, did you admit this guy? Uh, no, I, I did not. <laughs> Must have followed me in. You know, snuck in before the door closed. Yeah, snuck in, son. Yeah. Hey, seniors, yeah. since you're here. Yeah. yeah. I didn't run down Dinosaur. I wouldn't run down that piece of trash. He was the best. Melly yellow drinking, foul mouth, son of a gun. Since uh since senior, you you seem to drop by, get you bamboozled your way into the show here. Uh our friend Mike was was waiting to discuss a certain incident that happened back uh a few years. In the backyard of the Tuscan Inn. And I'm wondering if you could shed some light on that story. Yeah, I can shed that story. And back at the Tuscan Inn, we got some nice old lilac bushes back there that I like to grow. Because they look nice and smell nice and all big and cool out there in the backyard. And as I'm sitting there enjoying my cup of tea... I look out the window and I see Tuscan Tooth Jr. out there flying around with the lawnmower and he runs over my lilac bush. I explode and I come out there. And then I was beating him up and I threw him off the lawnmower and I finished the lawn myself and I Got Tuscan out of my way and took care of my own wrong because this is my end, son. I told him, and then I said, Get out of here and don't you come back now, Tuscan, because this is my lawn and my lilac bushes. Yeah, I seem to remember as a certain Tuscan Twos Jr. that I wasn't uh, flying around that hard with the old lawn mower. I was going maybe two, three speed on that thing. Minding my own business. Cutting that grass just like I always do. Doing somebody a favor, you know. You got to mow the lawn. Now, I didn't know liability wouldn't cover it. But as I came up to an area there, happened to see a big grassy area. And like, hey, this grass looks pretty tall. I should probably mow that. Brrr. There, 
oh, there's a lilac bush right over there. I can't run that over because that's a bush, and I don't want to make Senior mad. Hey, why is Senior yelling? <laughs> Off the mower. and So the funny, funny thing about it is that the bush is twice the size of the one that wasn't run over. So, yeah, welcome. No, now, the, the other what? I was going to say actually the uh the funny thing of the whole bit of this because uh, I know the audience has been waiting for the lilac bush story is uh I've heard this story. I wasn't there, but I've heard this story a million times. And so uh I was out at my in-laws place once and uh my brother-in-law pulled in and he decides to just park his car on the lawn instead of blocking anybody in. And I couldn't help myself and uh, maybe just quickly opened the door, yelled out from the door, good job, good job. You just ran over the lilac bush. And he looked at me like, what on earth is he talking about? <laughs> so, yeah. That's my version of it, at least. <laughs> the other classic one, classic, that uh, Howard, I think you wanted us to touch on because apparently it had not been discussed on this show yet, was at the Schmidt residence, the NDWF reason, uh, arena or LEW arena or LCW arena or the ELCW arena, there happened to be a ceiling fan because the arena didn't quite have that high of a ceiling because, you know, NDWF had to rent out the space available to it. And that just happened to be the most cost effective out of any arena in the area. So it turns out that there is a ceiling fan up there because, you know, airflow is important. You, you want to stay nice and cool. Get that air flowing. Well, it turns out that some feet were flying around blasting things. And I think uh, a certain dude or something like that took out one of the lights. Maybe it was shutters or maybe it was putters. I don't remember. But somebody took took out a light or they were going to take it somewhere else. Either way, we decided a good idea to remove the ceiling fan and put it over there for safekeeping. Well, it's good that we did because the feet were flying, the fingers were waving, the spaghetti arms were all over the place. <laughs> NDWF, LEWLCW, one, two, three, just like that, it was over. Well, at the end of the match, the end of the night, the show's over. It's time to get out of here. What do you got to do? You got to put the fan back because the fan is over there and the fan's got to go up there because it's up there for a reason. It's not on the floor. Can't have the airflow on the floor. So, you grab the fan, and I'm like, who's going to put up the fan? And everybody else goes, well, I don't know how to put up the fan. 
well, I've never done that before. I don't know. And, and of course, I'm like, well, you think I've done this before? Because I certainly haven't done this before. But you know what? I guess today's the day. So I went over to the light switch where the fan was, and I went, turned it off. Went back over to the NDWF ladder, which was three whole steps. Carried that fan right up there, put it up there in the ceiling, and uh, grabbed the one wire, grabbed the other wire. I think that's really where Tuscan was born because I, I just, just lost it. I was electrified. The rock was there. The most electrifying thing. In NDWF Entertainment was Tuscan 2's getting zapped from the ceiling. <clears throat> and everybody was laughing and just laughing and so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. And I'm like, yeah, it's so funny. When are you going to get blasted into outer space? So then I fixed the fan and it worked. Did this spin rooney on the ceiling. So there's the fan story. So <clears throat> the the other thing with that story is the rest of us just saw a and that was it. We didn't see electrifying. We didn't see Tuscan being born. We didn't see the rock come into the arena. We just saw and I think Cody told me since that day that fan and let um, light switch never worked since like it was backwards or the fan turned on, but not the lights. Or it was like something with the chain didn't work right. Or it was backwards. I don't remember, but I remember Cody telling me it never worked right since. And the person who ran into the light at, at the first time was Derek, who, if you don't know Derek, he's, he's a bigger guy. Um, he always has been, but the guy could do cartwheels and he could do flips and flying around. If you ever seen Kevin Owens, he would fly around like Kevin Owens. And that big guy would do cartwheels and flips and he did a cartwheel and his foot and his ankle ran right into that, um, ran right into that ceiling fan, hit that light and broke it. So that's why the next time they're like, we got to move this. Um, yes, that's the Thanks. rest of the story. Thanks, Mick. I was going to say, I thought that you were going with that, that ever since that day, that ceiling fan was twice the size of all the other ceiling fans in that house. Certainly blows three times more. I have a feeling a certain sound effect is going to get overused in this episode. That's the one that really needs to be used for so, so I told my stories, um, and I'm sticking to them, uh, but I'd like to go now so I can go sleep a You think you can go? Well, if Welcome I just, if I just shut the, the screen, hotel, triple B. record is black, I suppose. It's kind of a nice place, such a somewhat nice place. Well, it's too cool for you. The Tuscan in, the Tuscan in. You can check in, place. but you're never going to get your liability back. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> yeah, you always miss the liability. Because there is none. That's why. Not going to cover that. 
uh, on your way out the door before the the door hits you where the good lord splits you do you have any more stories any well there's a story i knew about a man named jed who could barely keep his family fed um no i'm not going to tell that story but i do remember howard joining us and he became our official ref for ma- most matches um especially when mark was mostly the cameraman behind the camera but he never wanted to get in on any of the action except i think we might have bumped into him to knock him out uh obnoxiously but mm-hmm. he was always he was the only ref who could actually count to three um the only ref who could count to 10 and the only ref who could actually watch what was going on to make sure people didn't cheat um so he was in held in high regard among refs and any def dumb except for that one time where i was counting the match and i forget who was like wait you're the ref it's like yes <laughs> but I, I didn't i didn't get an official ref shirt um i got this one mostly for the podcast so yeah i, I never had the official ref shirt so <laughs> it's probably good that you didn't actually wear the original or the second generation original ndwf ref shirt because it happened to smell like this <laughs> and then by default you ended up smelling like that for the rest of the day but that's how it goes and sp- oh he's just laughing he's laughing he thinks this is funny all right the, um the funny, funny guy, guy thinks it's funny funny guy too and howard I do have to go. I have to be up early in the morning. It's my kid's birthday party. And um, if any of them are awake, I have to go help them get back to sleep. But they should be asleep by now. I'm on that same duty. (laughs) (laughs) I know how you can put them back to sleep. Straight to the moon. Yeah, that 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 only works in the movies. Then, Mister Mark Marco. Oh, Marcus. I thought we were thought we were living a movie right now. <clears throat> we, we're living in pretty silly times. Um, but thank you for having me on the shoe, and all six of your fans will see it. That's that's exciting. I, th- I think we're up to seven now this week, unless somebody dropped out because you're on the show. But. We can shoot for eight. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, it was a good time seeing you. Thank you. And have a good night. You two discuss the important things that need to be discussed. Go through your news feed. Well, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Have a good birthday party tomorrow. You too. Okay, you too. great. I'm glad that we got that out of the way. <laughs> so to get out of here, I just got to hit the hang up button. Or do you boot me out? <laughs> hey what's this button that says banned what <laughs> all right well i'm gonna go thank you guys god bless take luck thanks son we'll see you on down the dusty tuscan highway i got him with it do you see that i got him <laughs> yeah Yep. Welcome to the show, Howie Blues. (laughs) You've missed out on so little. (laughs) (laughs) I was a little worried, uh, Kidder. And, uh, you know, I texted you to ask if you guys were still going because when I pulled up the email and uh, tried to join, it's like, there's no one currently in this call. 
I'm like, oh, because I had seen your uh, your message in the uh, NDWF group, like, hey, we're still gabbing. You know, it had been like 20 minutes, so I could have seen like, oh, yeah, nobody else joined. They ran out of stories, which is hard to believe, but eh, they called it quits. And uh, when you when you texted back to say, nope, we're still here. It's like, OK, I'm hopping in. It's good. I'm glad that. You are back with the show. You're here live in living color, in black and white color. Glad to see you. It's time for What's on Tap. Wait, you guys haven't done What's on Tap? Here's the funny thing about it. We kind of had some drinks, but we never did a What's on Tap. A real What's on Tap. As you'll see, uh, I should say, as future Howard will see, did a nice tribute toast to the late Cody with the blackened whiskey and Justin's rum concoction that he had and uh, mix water that he had. So we've had a couple moments on the show and you know what? I suppose we can have another one or two. So mm. did you happen to bring anything with you for what's on tap? Did I happen to bring anything for what's on tap? I don't know. Maybe this uh, Distill Brewery Wild Sour Series Flanders Red. Yep. I was prepared. I was ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I haven't had this one on the show. So let's kind of go through this. Okay. Just flash for me different beer cans. Uh, this one is 5.9% alcohol by volume. And here's what we got as a description. Flanders Red is a sour ale offering an initial impression of tart cherry candy, dissipating into a complex palette of bright acidity with a backbone of caramel and biscuit malt and minimal hop character. The dry wine-like finish accentuates the complex malt profile and bright fruit notes showcased in this brilliant red-colored interpretation of a Belgian-style Flanders. Cheers. So, yes. Yeah, cracking it open. No real distinct smell. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it's definitely a sour, which is good since what it's supposed to be. Um, but you know, Kidder, most sours kind of have like a fruity, you know, flavor to them. They're usually like a like a lemon or other citrus or more of that. Well, this has definitely got like a, um, a, a, a just kind of a normal beer taste to it. But it's got that sour kicker right off the the beginning, so. But it's not bad, not bad. I know you're not necessarily a huge sour fan, but you might enjoy it. Maybe, maybe, possibly. I like the, <laughs> the sour stuff. In fact, uh, one of the local breweries in town came out with a limited edition pineapple uh, sour with a little bit of spice to it. And I'm 
interested in trying it, but it's a small batch and I probably won't get to try it. But there's, there's that. I'm interested anyway. So, how is it? What would you rate it? So I'm trying to think of what I'd give it a rating. You know, I'd probably give it like a 2.8. Oh, that good, huh? Well, I mean, it's not terrible. Like, if you think like three is average, this is just a little bit below that. Like, of the sours I've had on the show, this is probably the weakest of the sours. You know? So, it's not bad. I have one more uh, out of this wild sour series up in my fridge. So, I'm looking forward to trying that on a future episode of the show. So, yeah. Yeah. What do you got, Kidder? What you drinking? What you having? Well, what's on tap? I thought that we were going to do another of the uh, Iowa series together, but I will do an uh, Iowa series continuation of my own <clears throat> until we can have that continuation together. So this evening's choice is this here, the back pocket brewing Keep the good things close. Locally owned, locally brewed. Slingshot Dunkel Dark Lager. Made in Iowa. It is a 22 IBU beer. 5.3% alcohol per volume and 12 fluid ounces. There you go. This whole thing. Uh, you can visit them online at backpocketbrewing.com. They're in Coralville, Iowa. So if you happen to be rolling through Coralville, stop in and see them there at the Back Pocket Brewing. What's not to love about a Dunkel? Guess we'll see. Rich Multi with a balanced sweetness. This easy drinking lager is a year round favorite with a nutty, bready aroma. All hop characteristics are mellowed out to create a smooth, drinkable lager. There's the story right there on the side. And that's pretty much everything on the old can. And they're an independent craft brewer. So here we go. It even says on the bottom, drink local. And of course, it's in focus. <laughs> there we go. That's... Uh, throw her into the old fighting Sioux Yeti. I'm sorry. I should say Yeti. <clears throat> that was uh, your favorite nickname in the games. Mm -hmm. I remember it correctly. NHL 2002. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. This is a. A, a dark one. I thought I was going to get overly foamy there because it started frothing at the at the bit right there. Yep, you can smell the breadiness of it, as it said. So, mm hmm, mm hmm. Yeah, that's a dark beer. Yep, you definitely taste the bread. Uh, kind of like grabbing a fresh, nice, moist piece of bread. Eating that. That's really the first taste that you get. And the hops. Little chocolatey, like little little hint of the chocolatey. 
not quite so overpowering. So I think you might even enjoy this one. My rating on it, um, uh, 3.1. Not too bad. No, no kidder. Um, I just grabbed this because I didn't know where you guys were in the show. And such. So it was kind of a didn't want to bring down one of the Iowa beers just to find out like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're we're wrapping up and oh, no wrapping here. And in fact, we're right about here in the show. So thanks for joining us. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Howie Blues, I have news that we've already covered, but to you, it's breaking news. What's breaking news? I don't know if you've been on social media today, tonight, if it's been shared with you, but Vincent Kennedy McMahon has resigned slash retired from WWE. Yeah, you you sent this to me. Yeah, I know. So, But I couldn't so. say it to you on the show. So it's breaking news. Yeah. No, you, uh, you, you sent it to me, so... I didn't look at the article. I just saw the headline and went, okay. What's your hot take, Howie Blues? I don't know that I have one at the moment, truthfully, Kidder. Um, I don't know. I haven't had a lot of time to put some thought into it to give you a hot take. I know a hot take is supposed to be kind of a quick, like, fire improvised sort of thing, but I I don't know. I I will admit I was wrong when I said nothing's going to come of this. Um, because I don't know that he necessarily retired because of the scandal. He may have also just decided, you know what? I'm I'm old enough. It's time for me to just sit back and enjoy life a little bit. No more traveling. No more grind. No more board meetings. No more like drop out of the limelight. Because I, I mean, he did try to drop out of the limelight once. He did the whole angle where they killed him off. And that was to really, (laughs) I mean, it really was to kill off his character and he wasn't supposed to ever come back. And he wasn't, you know, it was was to really be the end of Vince McMahon, at least the TV side of it. And then um, I forget what the event was that forced him back, like shortly after they blew up his limo. It was two days later after they blew him up. And it might have been the Chris Benoit murders. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about the right time period. So I'm sure future Howard will look it up and put it up there and be like, well, it was clearly this. But that, uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if some of the people who have kind of stepped up to fill his absence get to continue to fill his absence or what. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the show. You know, uh, Bruce Pritchard is still there. Kevin Dunn is still there. Does it continue to be business like it's been or... Do you get some fresh blood in there booking and running creative and 
maybe it gets better. Maybe. Also interesting that this coincides with the uh, end of the PG era. Mm -hmm. The other interesting piece that I don't know if you heard about either, because I did not send this to you, Brock Lesnar apparently walked out of the uh, rehearsals and whatnot for SmackDown tonight after the information had been shared that Vince retired. Hmm. So apparently, because I haven't watched SmackDown yet, don't know about the confirmation of this and whatnot, but again, apparently Lesnar took off and said, if there's no Vince, then there's no Lesnar. So there's that. Which brings in the question of SummerSlam coming up now uh, as this airs, you know, a week ago. But the biggest question about it is what happens with the title match with Roman Reigns? Well, there's a possibility that Goldberg will be rushed into that storyline to take the spot. How do you feel about that? Um, <laughs> I guess is how I feel about that. Um, it doesn't surprise me that Brock walked out because of that. Brock hasn't always gotten along with Vince McMahon, but I think he has a deep respect for Vince McMahon. I get that in a sense. Um, Goldberg, I just, oof, especially rushed in. Who knows how truly prepared he's going to be. I'm going to guess this is going to be pretty terrible. Just goes to show why WWE has a problem because they have nobody built up to take on Roman Reigns. They have no backup. They have nobody. They have no stars. He's already beaten everybody. There's there, there's, there's, nobody. And so now they're in trouble. How would you feel of John Cena taking that place? That do- also doesn't interest me because the odds of them actually putting the title on Cena was slim. So, I mean, that just becomes an easy prediction that Roman beats Cena. I, yeah, I just don't know that you could bring in, like... It would take the right person. I mean, you could move Cody Rhodes up to that position if he wasn't out injured, you know, and that would be interesting. But I don't know where you're going to get anybody. The only other thing I could really think that you, well, I guess you could do Edge in theory. Edge has been out. He doesn't have anything going on. You could bring Edge in. Although I know they're planning to bring Edge back with, um, at least the rumor is with Gangrel and start the brood up again. But he would be an interesting, at least, opponent. Or, you know, you just do something really shocking and maybe bring in some indie guy who's unexpected. And you just make it a really interesting out-of-nowhere dream match, you know, if you could find the right guy to do it. Who would your guy be if you had to throw something out there? Santina Morella? No, no, not him. Um, And it's hard because there's so many guys who were booked and signed to particular companies. So 
trying to think of who's out there who would be able to do it. You know, there are some independents out there. Can't think of one off the top of my head, but like, I, you know that there are folks out there like Braun Strowman, you know, to bring him in for a match. Odds are he's not sticking around, but there's a chance, you know, it, it could at least be, you know, interesting, especially if you did it as Roman versus a mystery opponent. And then you bring in some big name person who's not associated with the company and that would have people talking, you know. Definitely be something different. But I think we're going to see a lot of different things. It'll be uh be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what uh what comes of it. I uh, am just pulling up um one of the wrestling pages I follow because they post some live updates, so I was hoping to get a little bit more information <clears throat> on some of our speculation, but yeah. have not been even uh, really able to find a lot yet on the WWE side. I, I think it's going to take time. This, is, I mean, this just broke, so, you know. By the next week, when we uh, sit down to talk about this, I'm sure we will have a bit more information. And if people so, are wondering, I didn't know if I was going to make this uh, particular episode uh, because I was trying to put kids down. So I uh, really haven't even like, like, I didn't plan Kidder. Like, I don't have topics in my head. I like usually I think about the show, what I might want to talk about, things like that. It's like, I got nothing. <laughs> so, it, uh, if people are wondering why there's a few more pauses or a few more really weird cuts in this episode, especially at this part, um, that's why Howard is trying to think about things we can talk about on the fly. I don't think anybody's wondering. I mean, it's pretty much like a regular episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. We come off smooth and professional. Consummate professionals. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like consomme soup. Nice and smooth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could go for some consomme soup right now. It'd be delicious. Like China Garden consomme soup. Grand Forks. Mm-hmm. You get the the pepper dry uh dry pepper but uh it's not just any regular table pepper it's the fine ground white pepper so it's spicy mm-hmm. i love it yeah miss it best cream cheese wontons this side of the mississippi <sighs> you know you say that but for a while i was making my own cream cheese wontons and they were pretty good kidder never had any that's because I was only doing that in Montana. Mm-hmm. And look where it got us. Yes, to North Dakota with no cream cheese wontons. Sad. Sad, really. I think that's a tradition you need to bring back. I, you know, um, part of the reason I haven't done it in a long time is I don't own a deep, uh, a deep fat fryer anymore. That was part of it. And it's like my wife can't eat them, so eh, there's no real reason to do it. So 
Yeah. Plus, with the kids, it's harder to uh, to do cooking because Junior always wants to help. And I mean, I try and let him, but he is too. So <laughs> the quality of workmanship isn't always there. <laughs> he tries. He tries. Well, Kidder, I don't know when you guys started, but um, I am on kid duty all night. So, um, so you're saying you don't want to talk about the Cliff Burton beer that uh, will be available nowhere near here? Um, no, no, I'm uh, I'm kind of thinking that I know that I'm going to have to get up here at like 1 a.m. to do a feeding, so. Truthfully, I'm kind of more into the whole, like, I want to go to bed. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, in order to do that, I guess I have to do the whole, well, kidder, uh, you guys were talking for quite a while. I only talking for a little bit. But uh, I think it's time, man. I think it's time we wrap this up. And... Uh, Give people the part of the show that they're clearly here for. The cheap plugs. I thought you were saying the end so they can get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, so beerbluesbs.com. That's our website right here on the screen. If you're watching the YouTube version or in the show notes, if you're listening to this in the audio version again, beerbluesbs.com. Visit us there for your one-stop shop in the triple B. Also, uh, I must mention on the beerbluesbs.com website, we have a merch store where you can get some pretty cool things, including stickers that resemble nothing like these. What are these, you might ask? Well, these just happen to be some really cool uh, collector's sets for the 2022 Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup championship so there you can take a quick nice reflective gander at those beautiful pins yes look at that nice and in focus of course that's a not a cheap plug that's just being cheap that wasn't cheap but just me being cheap kind of a cheap shot to kid thunder's favorite team the 2022 stanley cup losers Anyway, continuing the show, here we are with Beer Blues and BS, and you can like us on Facebook. That would be awesome. You can like this show on YouTube or any of the audio places. Click the thumbs up. Subscribe to the show if you would. It's absolutely free. Yes, we don't even charge for this level of entertainment, which is almost criminal. Kind of unbelievable. But you, yes, you can watch it for free and we'd appreciate you to continue to watch it check out some of our older episodes subscribe to the show and just enjoy everything as much as we do so i mentioned audio versions we're all over the place including spotify iHeartRadio, pandora amazon podcast google podcasts apple podcasts that's just to name a couple if you're on any of those or even other podcast services, please search Beer Blues and BS. You'll see us right there. And then subscribe and like. Please and thank you. Uh, 
Other than that, the Facebook, the website, the audio versions, the video versions, that's pretty much everything for this show. And we do appreciate you being part of the Triple B family. So again, for all of us here at Beer, Blues, and BS, thank you for joining us for this edition of the show. Cody, we miss you, man. Rest in peace. And everybody else uh, as part of our family, if you're missing somebody who has recently left or even not recently left this plane of existence, our hearts go out to you as well, and we extend our condolences to you, your family, and friends. So, for this episode, as we continue to always raise a glass in the memory of those who have gone before us, I'm the man, the myth, legend, Mark Kidder. On behalf of Howard Blues and everyone else, part of this supersized, but not really, edition of Beer, Blues, and BS, thanks again for joining us. Take care. Please join us on the next episode. Keep your glass at least half full. There's free beer tomorrow, and we will catch you on down that dark and dusty Tuscan Highway. Have a good one. You have been listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty. Hey, everybody. Future Howard here. Normally, at the end of the show, we play behind the curtain a bonus conversation that was recorded that was worth uh, sharing with you guys usually one last funny note to go out on uh, however um, with this particular episode and the fact that we focused so heavily on talking about the memories of, of Cody what he meant to us and all of these good times and, and such uh, we decided that instead of a behind the curtain that we would replay the memorial video that Kidder put together and that we played uh, at the beginning of last week's episode. Um, just as one more final send off uh, kind of to Cody and kind of for all of the, the memories, the good times and, and all of that. So um, here is that, that video one more time and thanks for joining us as uh we all kind of get through this loss hi everybody it's howard and kidder coming to you before we start the show uh with some sad, tragic news. Uh, Kidder and I were shocked to learn uh, this week about the passing of a, of a f good friend of the show and of ours, someone we've known uh, since high school, Kidder probably for even longer, and that was the sudden and unexpected passing um, of Cody Schmidt. Yeah, the terrible news 
uh, came to me uh, the 14th of July that uh, our friend Cody had passed on into a much better place than any of us are in. Um, having known Cody for 24 years and other friends of ours for even longer than that, it's a, a very tough loss for those of us here at, at uh, Beer Blues and BS. And just wanted to spend a couple minutes talking about Cody and his uh, impact on our lives. Now, first of all, Cody always had a smile on his face. And in fact, one of his nicknames uh, from other people that he worked with was Smiley. Because every time you saw him, he was smiling and happy to see you. Always had a joke or something funny to say or laugh at, too. You know, that was one of the great things about Cody. Is that he always had something to laugh at, even if it was himself. And that was one of the other funny things about Cody is we could always laugh with Cody and make fun of Cody together because it was always something ridiculous. Uh, for those of you uh, who don't know, here in the Triple B family, we've referenced it a couple times uh, in our wrestling reviews, but uh, we had a backyard wrestling federation, a couple of them, called uh, NDWF, the North Dakota Wrestling Federation, along with ELCW, the Extreme Lincoln Championship Wrestling, and uh, just LEW, the Lincoln Entertainment Wrestling. Uh, basically, stupid wrestling in our basement, or Cody's basement, or the funny guy's basement, or in the backyard of anywhere that we could get to somewhere to wrestle. Uh, characters along the way, there's Cody McMahon, Cody 316, the uh, Stone Cold Steve Cody. Really, uh, a lot of Stone Cold and Cody references, but there's also uh, Cody wrestling as Booker T. Hilarious. Uh, the Bushwhackers impersonators. Many, many more. In fact, he and Justin, uh, better known as Ultimo Justin, just had some of the most hilarious tag team matches and just brought a comedic eye to all of us in uh, as we grew up. We did the backyard wrestling. In fact, uh, the story I've told before, I'm pretty sure I've told it on the show, of where I was uh, half electrocuted putting the fan back up was in Cody's basement. So, you know that he not only electrified your personality, but made sure that uh, you felt a little bit of shock value as well. Uh, just <clears throat> the fact that, that Cody is no longer here. There's a, a, another void to fill and carry on. But we know that Cody is always alive in our memory. Every time we got to see him, got to see each other, it was it was another great moment. Get to laugh, talk, joke about the old stupid days about how we almost injured or seriously maimed each other in the old NDWF basement days, but just the lasting friendship for years. 
And well, it, it's very tough that I could talk for a long time and really the better people to do that would be the funny guy and dinosaur to really share the funny moments that we had and talk about him, Cody, or Ultimo Justin himself to share all of the best moments of Cody. But 36 years too young, our friend Cody Schmidt moving on to a better plane of existence. So, from all of us here at Triple B, we miss you, Cody. And we would like to dedicate this show to your memory for Cody.